Today we have with us a lifelong photo- photographer, paddler, and tripper. We're not exploring and chasing light on my own, he says. I love to see creativity of others and to be inspired. And on Papa Bear Hikes, inspiring is what we are all about. Inspiring people to get out and join and enjoy the outdoors. Ron, a.k.a. Swifty Paddler, welcome to Papa Bear Hikes. Thanks, Martin. Happy to be here today. So I see that... Photography and paddling seem to be a big part of your outdoor experience. Absolutely. What came first, yep. your love of photography or your love of the outdoors? Hmm. Well, I'd have to say my love of the outdoors. Certainly, um, <laughs> I uh, I started outdoors as most kids do, um, hiking around, making forts in my backyard and um, playing with kids. And I got into cubs and scouts and uh from there that took me to the adirondacks i i grew up in the montreal area um so i used to go to lake placid in the adirondacks quite a bit and um slowly over time um a lot of hiking turned into hiking and then a little bit of paddling and then i really got a taste for paddling and acquired a canoe and um, did a lot more paddling and then i kind of interwoven those over the years um, paddling when I say that, um, because of the Swifty Paddler um, logo and whatnot, people tend to think canoe, but I, I canoe and I kayak. So anything that gets me out on the water, um, that's that's where I'll, I'll be. All right, so you describe yourself more of a, a water sports, a paddler, kayaker slash canoeer than a hiker? Um, I'd say at this point, um, you know, life is uh, is always changing. I've I've done an awful lot of hiking um, in Canada and the U.S., probably mostly in the the U.S. Um, but right now, um, I've just really enjoyed the, uh, the the quietness, the remoteness that you can get in paddling, um, just the sense of adventure and exploring new places. Um, hiking has all sorts of challenges as well. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you typically have to travel further to get there. Um, there are more people out hiking and sometimes, you know, parking and whatnot can be a challenge. And, uh, (laughs) over the last year with, with COVID and everything, um, it's, it's certainly been easier to get out on the water locally and, uh, within my home province. Yeah. I've I've kind of have it flipped around. I do a lot more hiking than paddling, but it's a different experience. I've done a lot of hiking and backpacking in the Delaware Water Gap area in New Jersey, the Kittantinny Ridge. I've hiked all along that ridge. But when I started canoeing down the Delaware River and then looking at it from a different perspective, it, it's, I, I think you're, you're getting a whole new experience. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. It, it occurs to me, um, your your opening question also asked about photography. So I, I kind of left that out as I, I started to uh, to talk about hiking and canoeing. Um, I got into photography um, probably fairly young as a kid. My parents giving me, you know, hand-me-down cameras. Then over time, when I was in uh, in university, um, I learned uh, I learned how to develop film. Um, was sort of the tail end of the film generation. Um, I got into black and white. Really liked the the look of black and white. 
and what you could do in a dark room. Um, but aside from from dabbling in university, I didn't spend a lot of time in the dark room. I quickly transitioned into um, digital photography, and um, you know, from there, it's just been. Uh, Everything's been changing every few years, right? It's been uh, an enormous shift in uh, the landscape of photography, and my career is certainly taking me in places with a lot of technology. So, when you meld technology and photography together, um, that has always and always worked out well for me. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've had these moments where I'm taking pictures with my digital camera or even my telephone. Right? Some of these telephones having incredible quality pictures produce you know incredible quality and just stop and say you know there was a time i would have taken some pictures brought them to the store had them developed and hope they all came out or they all looked good right and with digital now you could sit there and say oh this one looks lousy i'm going to take another picture while i'm up on this hill or while i'm you know i have this beautiful view in front of me yep we're, we're definitely uh we're definitely spoiled um in a couple of ways, you know, the uh, the software has significantly enhanced the capabilities of tiny sensors, like we see in in uh, you know mobile phones today. Um, the technology of of the lenses and the um, the whole mechanism has, um, uh, of course, improved. But I'd say that the biggest changes have been the introduction of software and um, the ability to manipulate um, the bits being um, being captured. And when you look back in time at some of the, the famous photographers that we can think of, the uh, Cartier-Bresson and uh, Ansel Adams, they were dealing with such um, simpler mechanisms. And probably um, we have more capabilities in our pockets today than they had um, at their disposal, standing on top of their car or whatnot in the past. But look at the images that they produced. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask about what camera do you use and uh, want to talk about all the latest technology, but having the right eye is such an important thing. Certainly um, something that I think people can develop and learn um, really what makes a compelling and an interesting photograph independent of whatever technology they have. Right. It's not enough to push a button. You, It's an art. Photography is an art. And part of being an artist is knowing that or recognizing that opportunity, that image. Uh, my older brother was very much into photography. He, he had his own darkroom. Um, mm. He was a rail. He was a rail fan, so he would go out and take these incredible pictures of trains. Uh, but I, you know, I just remember being out there for hours with him in the film. You know, the old canisters of film and everything. Uh, and no, <laughs> yeah, and he he had award winning pictures. And I just wow, you know, I look back at that and I'm saying, I could just sit now. You could just kind of sit there and keep deleting them, but there's still that creative, that creative aspect of it. Cause you, you brought up, okay, we don't have dark rooms anymore, but we have software. And yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I had a kind of an online conversation with someone today who was asking about, um, a photo or actually a couple of photos that I had published, uh, on Instagram and asking if I used any computer software, <laughs> um, to uh, I guess to to essentially to create those, and I was explaining that uh, Lightroom is probably the place where I spend most of my time um, looking at photographs. I I, um, I take images in RAW and then um, you know manipulate them into the JPEGs that get posted. There's so much flexibility that you have with that, and Lightroom and the equivalent. Um, 
technologies out there today give you enormous capabilities. They're complex, um, but at the same time, it's almost like a uh, uh, an art in and of itself. Just knowing, you know, how to how to go about doing it. I, I'm sure most people could understand if they took a photograph, they could spend an hour with it, tweaking it different ways, giving it different looks, and there's not necessarily a right or a wrong. It really comes down to the the creativity of the person, the idea they have in mind when they're when they're playing with it. So lots yeah. of fun there. Right. And it's evolved as an art. Right. We haven't it's not necessarily we simplified it. Uh we just went from dark room <laughs> to computer with it. Right. That's right. Uh I remember one of my kids being in high school and, and learning how to do all this he was showing me what he was doing with pictures on his computer things he had learned in school and i i was first thing i thought was well, we took photography class and I had to learn how to develop them but i stepped back and said yeah but he's learning a skill that i don't know it's a and, and it is a skill and an art no it is yep and uh some of the same concepts that were used in the dark room are being used in uh in light room you know the same the same kind of ideas with cropping and with uh you know burning areas uh i guess it's it's just the tools change but the concepts are still the same right. so when you go out on your adventures do you go out with the intention of saying okay i'm going to seek out some great photos or is that just something that happens along the way while you're out there uh that's a tough one um <laughs> I, I'm always looking um, for something interesting to shoot. I'd say I always um, have some form of camera with me. Um, I, I don't necessarily think of myself as going out just to take photographs. I'm going out um, to be outside. And to me, taking photographs is just part of how I enjoy myself when I'm outside. Uh, over the past uh, number of months, certainly looking back at that, my catalog of, of images that I've taken has brought me a lot of, um, you know, mental relaxation time looking back on where I've been. So capturing the moment, um, remembering where I've been, uh, it's, it's all part of the, uh, it's all part of the experience. Um, I don't know what more I could yeah, say. No, that's, that's, I, I, yeah, I'm listening to this and you know, when I hike, I bring my cell phone with me and while I'm listening to this, I'm thinking of, 2019, when I hiked from Bear Mountain, New York, to the Vermont border on the Appalachian Trail, I got up to um, Mount Greylock in Massachusetts, and I just remember being up there as the sun was setting, and the car started coming up, and people just started setting up their photography equipment because it was such a, a, a mm -hmm. great place to take pictures of sunsets. And I just remember I must have taken 20 or 30 pictures saying, oh, I think I could get one a little bit better. I could get one a little bit better. And right. I didn't, I don't bring my camera or my phone with me, the intention of getting great pictures, but I've taken some nice pictures because I've just like at that moment said, okay, I think this would be a cool picture or this, this would be you know really nice to, to get a photo of this. Well, I, I, I find especially too, when I'm going to someplace that's, um, that's very special or something that I've been looking forward to a long time. I, I, I spend time thinking about what camera I'm going to bring, what lenses I'm going to bring. Um, it's a, it's a difficult decision to go through because, um, you know, I'd like to bring lots of, uh, lots of equipment, but 
Um, it's not just about bringing the photography equipment that comes back to your question earlier. You know, there is balance. You, you want to have fun. You don't want to be overly burdened with equipment. You don't want to go out there just to quickly capture stuff and then leave. Um, you know, that's, that's not what it's all about. It's getting out there and experiencing the outdoors, hearing the sounds, having time to let yourself freewheel. Um, pictures come. Um, you'll see things. There'll be maybe, you know, I'll get up extra early to, to see the sunrise and take some photos. But um, it's it's sort of a continuous process of, of enjoying, maybe getting bored for a little while, grab the camera, and then I'm tired of this. I just want to I just want to relax and, and take it all in with my own senses. Do you have any favorite spots you like to go to to take your photos? We'll be back after a quick break. You ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors? I try not to, and I really don't because I use Sawyer water filters. Sawyer filter technology, because of their high standards, every filter is individually tested three times through the process. I've been using the permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks and the picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they're likely to have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible, high-quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors. Um... I, I tend to be a person that likes to go different places all the time, um, you know, because of uh, limitations of um, of travel and budgets. I, I I guess there are certain places I go to more than others. Um, parts of Algonquin Park in Ontario. Um, I don't know if you mentioned at the beginning, but I'm from um, Ontario, Canada, and Algonquin Park is an amazing resource. There's uh, many different places where you can. Um, experience the outdoors with one or two portages you can pretty much lose yourself in the park so there are places in Algonquin that I really like going and uh, and enjoy um, further afield in Ontario Georgian Bay is a fantastic place um, beautiful clear waters um, an amazing landscape with um, with soft rolling granite islands you know literally tens of thousands of small islands and um, large open skies, which make for fantastic sunrises, sunsets, and, and storm systems at times um, coming in. And all of those are, are places that I, I very much enjoy photographing. My very first canoeing trip was in the Adirondacks and sticks in my head mm. because it was in 1980. And for those of you, maybe they're too young to know this or too, or you're so old you forgot about it. But in 1980, <laughs> Lake Placid hosted the Winter Olympics. So upon arriving, it was at a school group. The teacher said to us, look around at all this because everything was still hung up and all the advertisements, all the everything from the Winter Olympics was still very visible. He said, you know, just four months ago, the whole world was watching this. Which and yeah, you know, and it was like, wow, that, that is so cool. But we did a, a multi-day canoe trip up there. And you know, for the first time, I just remember saying, wow, this being out on the water just gives you, gave me a different sense of remoteness or solitude than, than when I hike. And I still feel that way today, this many years later, that there's just something about being out on the water to just, it, it 
you see nature a little bit different. It, it seems to be, you seem to be able to hear the sounds a little bit clearer. Oh, and there are so many unique sounds to the, you're out on a, a quiet evening or a quiet part of the day. Um, just the sound as you're pulling the, the paddle through the water, um, the gentle swish of it. Um, often there's a loon somewhere around hearing the call of the loon. Uh, various insects at times, although they can be a major pain. Um, just, just hearing them sometimes is interesting in itself. Uh, the quietness, the echoes. Um, there's nothing like being out on the water, um, on a large water body. So I could completely understand how you can get um, uh, completely fall in love with that at an early age. That was uh, it sounds like a very good trip that your school took you on. It was. It was one of those one of those experiences that stuck with me the rest of my life. And I look at it as one of those times of my life where it kind of drove me to the passion I have for the outdoors. Uh, was that and, experience? Uh, it, it's a great um, reminder, too, that uh, as adults, it's so important for us to pass on that love and to, you know, take our kids, if we have the opportunity, um, out to to learn it and to see it with our own eyes and, um, you know, share share the passion and um, watch where it goes from there. I've certainly seen that through my own daughter's eyes. And um, I think a lot of a lot of parents do that as well. Um, not everybody has the opportunity. Um, I know my, my parents weren't really big into water sports and whatnot, but as soon as they saw I had um, an interest and a passion, they were very supportive of me. So uh, good reminder. Well, yeah, and that's the important part of this. I spent a number of years as a volunteer with the Boy Scouts, and, and there's p people that just – the whole idea of going out in the woods for a couple of days or even camping overnight, it's just not for them, and, and, and that's okay. <laughs> but do something to – inspire your children if they have an interest support them right and sometimes that support could be getting them to a youth group that spends a lot of time in the outdoors um, and sometimes that support might be providing them with a ride to go out on a hike yep yep there's many different ways to support isn't there yeah you know, and interestingly you know over, you know if there's any silver linings coming out of the pandemic is that they're finding more Kids are getting out and enjoying the outdoors than previously. The oh, family, Families yeah. are taking their kids out and saying, okay, you know, we're mom and dad are off from work because everything's shut down. So let's just hop in the car and drive somewhere and you know, do something outdoorsy. That has been a, a huge um, factor for um, families here in, in Ontario. Um, we've had a number of um, – Reasonably stringent lockdowns, trying to keep people close to their home regions to not, you know, spread the virus around uh, the province to different places. And in fact, even provincial um, borders have been closed. And there has been an enormous surge in, in people booking campsites and people getting away. You know, all of the families that would be traveling um, a further afield, perhaps to the U.S., Europe, the Caribbean, um, are staying close to home. And um for some of us, there are, there are some significant downsides to that, um, having a lot more competition and a lot more people out there. But from a societal perspective, um, I think there will be lasting implications of this as so many more children um, and families are exposed to the outdoors, have the opportunity to get out there and to really experience nature. 
um, especially at a fairly early age. Um, I, I think we'll continue to see dividends from that, um, just even in policy implications in the future. So, uh, as you said, there, there's there's a silver lining to everything. Um, even myself, you know, uh, I've been exploring parts of my city uh, that I've never been to before. Areas that are close to me where there are nature trails um, that are much more expansive than, than I had any idea. And um, because I'm always, you know, anxious to go off to Algonquin Park or um, any of the other provincial parks, um, rivers, etc., I've been taking more time to explore some of these locations and finding some great little treasures. And I would have never done that if it wasn't for COVID. So um, it's a terrible situation, but um, there are some some positive things coming out of it. Well, yeah, I occasionally will hear. Well, you know, we're all shut in because of the pandemic and, you know, people are starting to get depressed. You know, if, if that's happening, shame on you. You know, you don't have to go hike the Appalachian Trail, right? Go to your local park, grab a chair and a book. And, you know, my wife is not somebody who can do hiking or biking or anything, but her idea of enjoying the outdoors is just seeing an outdoors area and reading a book. Um, so, you know, people that aren't, that are choosing just to sit home and be depressed over it, well, like I said, you you need to use your imagination and get out there and start using some of this. But fortunately, some people did. And the increased number of people out there, you know, I saw it in the Adirondacks. I also saw it in the Catskills. And mm-hmm. I'd always just have to remind myself, there's strength in numbers. You know, these families bringing their children out here, number one, we're starting to prepare the next generation to protect these lands. Agreed. And number yep. two, we're telling the people who are, are – have the responsibility or in a position of decision-making to protect these lands, that these are important. There's a lot of people out here enjoying this. Absolutely. That, that's something that um, we'll be able to hopefully um, see change in investment decisions made as a result of that in the future. Yeah. So, any advice you might have for that person? Well, like it could even be me. Ready to take that step from going from cell phone photographer to wanting to say, okay, I'm going to buy some entry-level equipment and start upping my game a little bit with my photography? Oh, interesting question. I'd say that the the most important thing is to not, (laughs) pardon the pun, focus on the the camera and on the technology. There's such a a great desire to go out there and to um, get the the latest and the greatest and the most expensive. And um, in many cases, that can be um, frustrating for people because, uh, you know, some some cameras are very difficult to use. Um, you know, you, you have to spend a lot of time to understand what you're doing with it. And rather than, than making that sort of choice, I would go with a, a more basic, um, simple camera that allows you to dip your toe into the water and really practice getting that eye that I was talking about earlier, understanding the composition of a photograph. Um, what are the elements that you're looking for? How do you how do you divide up the different segments of the, the photograph? What are things that you can take um, a picture of that are interesting? You know, um, what what draws the eye in, captures an attention, and then also telling a story. What does what if someone picks up a photograph and looks at it, what does that tell them what's the story that comes out from that 
And that's something I'm trying to, you know, remind myself of all the time. Um, don't think so much about all of the technical aspects, but think about the photograph. So my advice for people getting started is to get a basic, um, a basic camera that, um, if they want to get into, really get into photography, uh, a digital SLR or a mirrorless camera these days at the entry level. Um, when I first started into true photography, I had a Pentax K1000 film camera, a fully manual film camera, where um, you pretty much had to do everything yourself. And um, I learned a lot from doing that, um, going through that stage. So don't don't expect to go in spending a ton of money. There's there's also um, you know Facebook Marketplace online where you can you can buy cameras that people have upgraded from one generation to the next, buy something used, um, and go from there. That would be the first thing that I would suggest. Yeah, because it could be really tempting and easy to go in over your head on this, right? You could get those complete setups and it comes with all the different filters and filters pop into my mind because I think if you don't know how to properly use those <laughs> filters, they're useless. Right? They're worthless if you yeah, don't know how to use a filter or when to use one. Yeah. And, and it's so easy for people to go into a camera store and um, get into the allure of, of having the conversation with someone who's telling them all of these different things that they can get. And, you know, you have to have one of these and you have to have one of those. Um, <laughs> it, it can be uh, a very expensive hobby, certainly. Um, what's what's the expression? Um, people get gas gear acquisition syndrome, <laughs> where you spend more time looking at equipment and drooling over new equipment than you actually do um, spending outside practicing the art and capturing photographs. And really, that's where you want to put the balance outside capturing photographs. I like that because I've seen that so many times over the years with backpacking. People will spend a lot of money on their gear, maybe go on one trip, talk about that next trip they're going to take. And, uh, and meanwhile, I, I, I go in the other direction. What's the cheapest way I can do this? Let me see if I can make my own stove. And uh, yeah, it's tempting. And I, yeah, I think that's in all aspects, right? You could go into something and just <laughs> completely. Yeah, somebody gave you a blank check, you could really go crazy and but sit around and say, what am I doing with all this? And am I going to have time to use it? Yes. Yep. Well said. You had mentioned some photographers earlier. Ansel Williams sticks in my head. I saw a really great um, collection they put out. It was in Cooperstown, New York. It was there for about a month or two months at the Fenimore Cooper Museum. And my wife, who's not as much into the outdoors as I am, walked through there and just was so impressed. And, when you mm -hmm. talked about telling a story, those words resonated with me with the experience of bringing her through that display and and hearing it for, through her, what, what she was seeing in those pictures. So you sound like you know you you're, know a little bit about the history of some of these people who were major contributors to this uh, field. Um, your interest goes a little bit further well, than just snapping pictures, I'm, I'm guessing. Well, um I guess like anybody, when you're into something, um, you have a passion for it, you, you want to learn from others, and you, you want to know who were some of the, the superstars, you know, if it's baseball, hockey, um, football, you, you, you typically get to know who the major players are, and Ansel Adams, since you were talking about him, is, is one that, um, as a black and white photographer, I, I stumbled upon fairly early on, it's almost impossible not to. 
And it's interesting um, understanding him and his work. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize um, just how much effort he put into some of his pictures as well. He didn't just take photographs. He spent a lot of time in the dark room, um, you know, manipulating light, um, changing contrast and things to really make his pictures pop. And he had an expression, I don't know if I remembered exactly off the top of my head, but it's, it's you don't take a photograph, you make one. And it, it really gets into that, you know, sometimes there's there's the artistic element to it. There's the technical aspects of going and, and capturing the light. And really, photography is all about light, capturing the light. And then how do you represent that on the printed page or on the digital medium? Um, how do you how do you want it to look? Because often, no matter what camera you're using or how good it is, it often doesn't capture the range of what the human eye is capable of perceiving. Um, so you you want to try and get the sense of of awe or um, the emotion of of the scene. And Ansel Adams was just amazing at doing that. I've 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 hiked in Yosemite and um, I've seen some of the places uh, where he he worked. I actually went, they have um, an Ansel Adams Museum in, uh, in the park, and you can buy some of his original works still. Um, it's hard to believe that they're mm. still available, but they still have you know, some of his original works there. That would be tempting, but uh, unfortunately out of my price range. <laughs> I don't know if I said Ansel Williams by accident there, because funny story of how that's gotten stuck in my head over the years. The person who told us about it said, Oh, there's these great pictures that Ansel Williams, you know, the guy that was on Happy Days took. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> and I said, I think, <laughs> I think she met Adams. And, and so it's kind of, so when I started saying, I said, Oh, I think I blurted that out. And it's been like stuck in my head as a joke between my wife and I over the years. <laughs> I knew who you meant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> as soon as it came out, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I joked about that. And I said, now I'm paying a price for it. <laughs> Okay, Ron, uh, in closing here, you also talk about how you like to inspire other people to get out and enjoy the outdoors. you have any inspiring words you want to share with us? <laughs> Here's your well, movement a, to inspire. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> Just a couple of words. What gets uh, you up out of bed and into your kayak or canoe? It's really seeing something um, – and and having the opportunity to kind of absorb it um when you're out there if, if you know let's say i i decide to go and i want to take a picture of a sunset or i'm, I'm looking for something um some different wildlife you really slow down and you really kind of lose yourself in the moment at times and um I find when that happens, there's, there's almost like a, a sense that comes ac upon you of, of taking in everything. You, you see the minute details when sometimes maybe you're thinking about something going on at work. You're rushing because you've got, you know, a million things to do on your to do list. Someone wants to talk to you. You have to follow up on an email. But when you're outside, um, when you're in that moment of trying to do something, it can completely change sort of your, your mind and, um, uh, take you away from the day to day for a little while. Um, so that, that's, that's one thing that, um, I'd say if, if you really want to escape, um, get outside, um, and, uh, go after something, um, with your camera. Um, some people get into, um, groups where they'll have an assignment 
like, you know, where they'll say the assignment is a flower of a certain sort or a certain bird. And you go out and you, you focus on that. And um, it's a great way to learn and to um, see what other people are doing. And at the same time, to find your inspiration outside. Okay. That's what I could think of right now. <laughs> All right. Well, you're just giving us another way to go out and enjoy the outdoors. I mean, and that's really what I look to do here is, you know, it doesn't have to be, and I keep, this is my go-to, but you don't have to through hike the Appalachian Trail. You don't have to ride your bike across the country. There's just so many ways you can get out there and enjoy this. And yeah, if you are somebody who has a knack of photography, you know, you, you take some pictures of people, you know, so you start hearing people say, wow, that's really a good picture. I really, you know, maybe that's what inspires you to say, okay, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into this. Maybe I take mm-hmm. short hikes and, and take some pictures. So, uh, Ron, do you have any social media you want to promote where people maybe could see some of your pictures? Well, if, if folks are interested in um, having a look at what I've taken, um, probably the easiest place is find me at uh, Swifty, Swifty Paddler um, on Instagram. Um, that's that's where I uh, I post most of my work, um, at least in a small format. And um, happy to uh, happy to continue the conversation there. That's great. And Ron, I've seen some of your pictures. They're incredible, and I'm going to encourage everyone to check them out. We're going to put a link in the description. Uh, Ron, it's been great talking to you. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, giving up some time here to share some of your experiences and hopefully inspire some people to get out and do this. Um, cool. Go ahead. That, thank you very much, Martin. It's, it's certainly, uh, it, it's never worked to, uh, to sit back and to talk to someone about going outside, canoeing, hiking, paddling, um, taking photographs. Um, it's what I love to do. So uh, happy to share with you. It's incredible when you enjoy what you're doing, right? I, I do three podcasts a week and I have people say to me, how do you do that? And I'm like, because I'm doing something I love talking to people about the outdoors, which reminds me, people make sure you go to papabearhikes.com and check out what's going on there. Like the podcast. If you enjoyed this and leave us a comment, Ron, once again, thanks for coming on. Thank you.
This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.